world has changed so much. I remember my life, the world that was. It was peaceful, safe. And then things started to go wrong. Powerful people became greedy. Close-minded fools began their assaults. And when the famine began, well, that's when the war for resources began. I was too young to understand them. I didn't see what was really happening. But I recall the incident. We all saw the incident. It feels like a lifetime ago. And ever since, the world has never been the same. It's a dangerous world, and I fear the worst of humanity is yet to come. But that's enough out of me. I know y'all don't want to hear me yapping no more. I'll turn on the radio. It's about time for the news anyway. Now, if you're uncomfortable with militia violence, police violence, death, eugenics, pandemic and disease, as well as heavy post-apocalyptic themes including poverty, starvation, violence, and mild ableism, this might not be the news station you want to hear. Stuff like that's been coming up a lot lately. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, the morning radio music is over and we're live at the bottom of the hour with the latest goings on in the little corner of the post apocalyptic wasteland we call home. The date is the 5th of April, probably, and I'll be your host this fine day. Up first, the weather. It's raining. Again. Moving on. In other news. No, 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 I will not do another detailed weather report. No one cares about the weather report, and I refuse to do another one. Fine, but only because it's you. But we're going to talk about this later. I apologize for the technical difficulties. We're back with a detailed report of the weather. The nuclear storm now named NS Molina is utterly destroying the coastline. NS Molina made landfall late last night, killing 13 local lunatics who, as reported yesterday, had gathered on Beer Bottle Beach. Local lunatic Albert Smith survived the storm's landfall and was found further up the coast. When interviewed, his mind seemed to have succumbed to the storm, speaking either unintelligible nonsense or a language our sources did not know. Molina is headed west, following the Chestnut River inland. It's a slow-moving storm, but the nuclear waste carried by the storm is your primary concern. Residents near the river can expect heavy flooding of irradiated waters within the day. It's the recommendation of this studio that residents near the river seek shelter on higher ground if able. If Melina continues on her current path, she will exit her broadcasting range in a few days, but it will continue to drop rain on you, my faithful listeners, for quite some time. When she exits our range, I will no longer be reporting on the storm's progression. In other weather-related news, acid continues to rain from the skies throughout our broadcasting range and, with the nearby storm, is expected to continue for the foreseeable future. The high today is 40C, low tonight is 2C, and humidity is 95%, and in other words, it's utterly miserable out there. To make it even better, it's pollen season. The world may yet have ended, but you still have to deal with pollen. 
Those little white brittle ferns that have been popping up still produce pollen not dissimilar from trees. So please, if you or your child turn yellow, don't panic. You'll probably be fine. That concludes the detailed weather report. And it's time to move on to news people actually care about. That's right, news people actually care about, and we're going to start it off with a new segment I like to call Miss Bean's Box. As reported yesterday, I've acquired a munchkin cat that was rummaging through the studio garbage. I've named her Miss Beans. During this segment, I'll give you daily updates as to her status. Today, Miss Beans was missing. In a panic, I tore the studio asunder. Fearing she had gotten out, I left, for the first time since the incident, this studio. I searched everywhere in a two-mile radius, yet I was unable to locate my poor Miss Beans. Defeated, I returned. I went to the break room to drown my sorrows in whatever I could find. However, much to my delight, I found Miss Beans in the cupboard of our break room. She had, by some unknown means, worked her way into and hidden herself amongst the canned foods. I'd never been so relieved in my life. She now wears a bell. I should not like to fear for her like this again. That concludes Miss Bean's box, and we're going to move on to less feline-related news. We're going to talk about our phone lines. You monsters harvested them. For what purpose, I know not. You took the rubber, the copper, and left barren, lonely poles. I've complained about it several times here. Well, one among you, a good Samaritan it would seem, has decided to take it upon themselves to repair them. And I couldn't be happier. I cannot go into detail for fear they might be destroyed once more, but they're being brought back in a manner that does not use the old world poles. Why? Because you stole them last time. So now they're hidden. For the better, I suppose. And soon, very, very soon, we'll take your calls and have proper discussions. This project benefits not just the studio, but you, my faithful listeners, as well. Soon, lines of communication will be reopened to you and your companions as well. Here's hoping they last. As a side note, you may be wondering how to contact us when the lines are repaired. I intend to have the station's numbers circulated to each settlement through the means of our sources. Why not simply broadcast it? To prevent bandits from acquiring our contact information, of course. Yet, of course, if it were up to me, I might invent an elaborate scavenger hunt to discover the information. Maybe hidden in news clippings, signs, or descriptions within tourism pamphlets. Of course, that might take some time, and likely couldn't be done terribly well with the resources we have. Perhaps a few days. I'd wait for a week. Maybe more. It's not impossible. But it is impossible to know how long it would take. Uh, but I'm rambling. Let's take a moment to listen to a message from our sponsors while I collect my thoughts. Alright. Red lights on. We're recording. Fantastic. Alright. Now please, for the love of all that is good, remember to trim them this time. Past two days, you have made me look like a fool on the air, and I will not have it continue. You're going to trim this, right? Good. I'm holding you to it. We're going to have a conversation if you don't. So what's up first? Right. A sleeper. Okay. Sleeper, take one. Last night, I found myself lying in bed, 
unable to rest, with nothing to occupy my time. So I spent the late hours of the night and early hours of the morning doing naught but waiting for the embrace of a night's sleep. Don't find yourself in this situation. We've advanced beyond this point. Thanks to Jasper Dance Sleeper Maker, you can find yourself resting peacefully in a matter of seconds no matter the situation. Crying children or nearby firefights stand no longer between you and your well-deserved night of rest. Jasper Dance Sleeper Maker, available only at Griff's Repair and Destroy. Alright, we have to be done recording, right? There can't be any more ads. We have one more? Okay, one more. I can do one more. That's fine. What is it? Okay, yeah, we can do that. Have you found a home? Built it up? Made it yours? Have you protected it from bandits and salvages? Constant defensive homes can be tiring. It'd be easier if attacks simply never came. I'd like to introduce you to the Salt Winds. Kay and Wright Saul are professional stonemasons. We're in the business of building walls to keep your homes and communities safe. Prices vary, but the feeling of safety from this apocalyptic world is a priceless one. Willing to travel wherever you need, you'll find them in Green Colt. Tell them I sent you. And we're back. Did you miss me? I sure missed you. I have some more news for you as a thanks for not touching that dial. If you were planning a trip to the snowy peaks of South Grand Mountain, you'd better reschedule. Locals have been reporting an unknown devastating sickness ravaging the population. While visitors are being allowed entry, no person through the course of this plague is permitted to egress. I'm afraid that's all we have on the subject, but we'll be monitoring the situation closely and informing you as more information is available. I must implore you, my faithful listeners, do not travel to Grand Mountain for the foreseeable future, not until we're keenly aware of the facts of this plague. In other news, Sheriff Bert Rockley has put a bounty on all Kuipers. These massive irradiated serpents have nested in the old water purification facility, keeping it out of use. Few have dared to enter, fewer still have come out. Kuipers possess venom potent enough to end the lives of thirty fat men with a single drop. Their musk is powerful enough to render one unconscious, and the sight of them has left many men paralyzed in terrible fear. The sheriff's intent is to have the facility cleared and in working order to provide clean water to the masses. However, his motives are questioned by placing a bounty on the beasts in place of assigning a task force to sacrifice citizens desperate for the money in place of himself seems questionable. But what do I know? That reminds me, this broadcast is brought to you by Vlaze Mug. Blaze Mug, your only guaranteed drinkable liquid this side of the Atlantic. Maybe not for much longer, though, Vlay. The Sheriff might provide a new, cheaper alternative. Might want to keep an eye out. Moving on. Let's talk survival. More accurately, let's talk survival cooking. And more specifically, let's talk quality survival culinary. Most of us haven't had a decent meal since the world ended, living off the scraps of the world past or risking contaminated meat hunted from our new furry friends. Often bland or bitter, these meals leave us wanting. However, thanks to a kind soul traveling the wastes, I know a few things you can do to better your meals. Salt and pepper. Was there ever a better spice combination? Every recipe I've ever made before the end required both. A perfect balance. I'm sure you are all aware, salt is plentiful. The dead lands are nothing but miles of salt pillars and sand. Pepper, however, is a much rarer commodity. 
peppercorn isn't farmed like it was before, at least not in mass, leaving your table's food overly salted or bland. How fortunate, then, that I've received information that peppercorn, or its very near equivalent, is in heavy supply with a touch of work. I'm sure you've seen those creeping crustaceans called caldwiffs, wretched things. They do not but collect food, burrow under homes, and poison your limited water supply. Terrible pests. Fortunately, there's a wonderful use for them. While their meat is gamey and lacking in quantity, their many bones contain a marrow not dissimilar from the consistency of sand. This is what you should harvest. Collect the sand-like marrow in a jar and boil it in water. That is, place the jar in boiling water with the marrow within. The marrow will melt into a viscous substance. When the marrow has melted in its entirety, remove it from the water and remove the lid from the jar. You must do this outside. I cannot stress that enough. You must remove the lid outside. The fumes from the ichor within are deadly within confined spaces. Outside, you would ought to be safe, but do employ a sensible use of caution. The ichor, when cooled, will thicken and form into a bowl. This bowl will be malleable and safe to handle. Remove it from the jar and grind it down to a powder. The end result is a black powder with taste not dissimilar from fresh pepper. I attempted this myself, and I must admit, I wept at the taste of a decently seasoned meal for the first time in a terribly long time. I imagine soon cold wolves will be a staple to the household as folks keep them for their marrow. A new market may be forming for you intrepid farmers, and to you I wish you the best of luck, you culled with herders. Moving on to what I'm sure many of you are waiting for, it's no secret that this world is a dangerous place. People have grown desperate and taken to helping themselves to your stuff when you're least prepared. Stay ready, stay informed with the latest reported bandit movements. From our anonymous sources, we're aware of five active bandit groups operating within our broadcasting range. This down from yesterday's 20. The Wolfpaw group has split into two forces, an offensive and defensive force. The defensive force of productive Wolfpaw bees have fortified their position outside the caves of Mount Desk. In an impressive feat of salvage engineering, the Wolfpaw have constructed a concrete and metal structure from the remains of the world that was, which yet remains on the mountain. Meanwhile, the juggernaut of their offensive force presses the assault with an impressive display of firepower. The wolf pole rained bullets and explosives on the surrounding fire bottle bandits, buying time for their defensive force to do their job. Meanwhile, the fire bottle group continues to lay siege to the wolf pole with the aid of the remaining Shikar bandits. While hammered from above by their quarry, the fire bottle do not relent, returning fire in kind to the wolf pole. Fire bottles not holding the line have been seen lending aid to the Shikar bandits as they regroup from yesterday's decimation of their numbers. It is believed the fire bottle may absorb the Shikar into their ranks. This, however, remains speculation by our anonymous sources. The mugs remain present in the Hold Hills area. This newly formed group has been quietly growing in numbers and their intentions are presently unknown. Travelers in the Hold Hills area, please use caution and be aware. Residents, I implore you, stay alert. Lastly, the Knoll Bandits have claimed the town of Oakland. An abandoned town from the world that was, Oakland has been converted into the Knoll Bandit Sanctuary, declaring it a sanctuary for all free peoples. Their banner flies high, though it's unclear how long this can last. 
There are, to our knowledge, no other active groups within our broadcasting range. Now I simply must apologize, but that's all the time we have for today. And it's time for our evening radio music. I should like to thank you, my faithful listeners, for listening, and leave you with the afternoon puzzler. Did you solve yesterday's riddle? The question was, what is the creature that walks on four legs in the morning, two legs at noon, and three legs in the evening? The answer, man. Congratulations to anyone who solved that one. Today's riddle is as follows. What is the thing that raises gardens, kings, and beasts, each with tender, loving care, yet would see each fall to death with a cold, indifferent visage? Think about it, and tune in tomorrow for the answer. Until then, please enjoy the evening music radio. And, if you're truly out there, good luck. And we're clear. Good work, everyone. I'm not sure about that riddle, though. I truly think we can do better. What's that now? What have you got? This. What are these numbers? What do you want me to do with that? Don't, don't, don't walk away without answering me. Get back here. This is Seamus' sibling, Izzy. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this broadcast, consider rating and reviewing us on your... podcasting platform of choice? Wait. Podcasts still exist? Hmm. Telling your friends about us and subscribing to the post-apocalyptic news radio on YouTube. You can also join the Discord, which is linked in the description below, as well as... This says... Tweet? We still have Twitter? God damn, the worst evils couldn't even be destroyed after all that nonsense. Well, use the hashtag P-A-N-R broadcast to tweet about the show. We appreciate the support and hope you keep tuning in.